Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering, why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Let's talk PR, the best way for free marketing and to control what other people think, say, and feel about you, especially when we're talking about being a guest on a podcast to grow your audience and increase your visibility as an expert, and also to share your message to the masses. In today's episode, Michelle Glogovac, who happened to be my guest back in episode 53, is going to share the key components to successfully pitching podcast hosts. But we're not only going to talk about podcast hosts, we're actually going to talk about pitching to journalists as well and really getting your name out to more and more people so that you become more recognizable as the expert in your niche. We're going to talk about what goes into a pitch and what you need to do to prepare a successful pitch and create a one sheet. Let me tell you, I am a stickler for a good pitch. So I'm super excited to have Michelle here to guide us so that we can all get more visibility on our businesses. After all, more visibility gives us more opportunity for success. Michelle Glogovac, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you so much, Robin. I'm so excited to be with you again. I'm honored. I should have said welcome (laughs) back, not just welcome. So you were here with us in episode 53. And in that episode, we talked all about etiquette of being a really good podcast guest. And today we're going to dive into pitching to become a podcast guest. And I'm really excited to have this conversation because as you know, I get pitches every single day, sometimes four, five, six, seven a day. And it's overwhelming for me. But the thing that's most important for me are the ones that I receive that really know me, really know my audience, really know my show. And they know that their message or their story is really going to resonate with my listeners and have a purpose for my show. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes I get them and they really have nothing to do with the second phase or, you know, personal branding or marketing or building a business or having life strategies for success. But the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day, we're pitching to another podcast to be able to share our message, share our story, to grow our own business, to tell Mm -hmm. our story, to grow our brand, to make money, to have success. But a lot of people are missing the mark on that. And so I'm really excited to have you share with the listeners the steps that they can take so that when they do decide to pitch, or maybe they are pitching and they can just 
perfect their pitches, but really have a pitch that is going to be impactful and get a yes instead of a no or a maybe or reach back out to me in a year from now. I think you hit on a great point that goes back to us talking about being a good guest is really being authentic and remembering that it's not about you. You know, you do have a message, a story, experience and knowledge to share, but it's in giving that you are going to land that interview. It's, you know, here is what I'm going to teach all of your listeners, not, hey, I want to promote myself and my book and my service and all of that stuff. It's what can you offer? What is going to be above and beyond what your show is already giving to its listeners? That's the key. I love that. It's got to come from a place of service. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be about them, not you. Yeah. I compared this in a recent Instagram post and I fell in love with the fact that I came up with this. I pat myself on the back, but a podcast interview is like going to a dinner party and your pitch is going to be that welcome gift. You're coming with something to offer your host. Then you're going to be a good guest. So you go back to episode 53 to figure that one out. And then You're going to thank them just like you would thank your host. You know, the next day you're sending a text message, hey, thank you, or you're posting it on social media. So all of those things go into play. And just remember that you wouldn't go to a dinner party or invite yourself, you know, without having something to offer the host. Yes, I love that. I love that. And a personal brand is all about what other people think of you. It's not who you say you are or what you say you do. It's that gut feeling people have when they meet you or introduced to you. So it's the same thing for a pitch. You want to create a positive perception and really control the thoughts and feelings that that person receiving the pitch is going to have about you. Absolutely. You hit on it too, when you said that the pitches you love show that somebody knows who you are. And so my first and foremost thing, as you've done your research for who you want to be a guest on is go listen to an episode. And that's going to be the first part of your pitch is not just saying, Hey, great show, but here's why I love your show, why I appreciate you, what I relate to you and really actually have that human connection and authenticity of, so that way the host knows, yes, I've been listening and I do know what you're talking about. I know what your show's about, not just some random, cause I get the pitches too for my show that are completely yes. not related at all. Yeah. And those are just like, eh, no, you didn't do your homework. So I think that is very, very important. And that does kind of go along with the etiquette that we talked about in episode 53. So when we talk about preparing for a pitch, you kind of touched on this, and that is really listening and knowing who you're pitching to. Mm -hmm. And then what else? Are there other things that people should be aware of? Are there like certain bullet points or steps that they should take? Yes. So I don't copy and paste any of my pitches. I don't believe in that at all. There will be certain components of the email pitch that are the same, such as the topics that are for my clients or for myself are going to be the same six to 10 topics. And I'll swap them out as whichever relates best to the podcast that I'm pitching to. But there's going to be an authentic, unique, original component to every single pitch because I'm listening to all of these shows and I am pulling an episode. I had a pitch last week that said, I've seen all of your recent guests. You didn't see my guests. You, you can hear them, but you can't see them. So that was key number one. And, you know, what is it about the recent guests that you heard or saw on my show? Um, 
I like to go through old episodes so that it doesn't look like, oh, I just researched you and poof, that was the latest one. Go back, scroll through their old episodes, you know, pull out the one that actually is relevant to your pitch. And to me, that makes it even more authentic than, oh, I saw your episode last week with so-and-so and it was on this. Well, I know what it was on. So relate to me, what is it that you got out of it? That's really going to be the key component. It's in giving of yourself that you're making that human connection with the other person, that they actually feel like you genuinely want to be on their show. You know, that's really what it's about. You got to make it not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about them. Yeah. And that's the big component. And then I will say, these are the topics and tools that my client or myself are, you know, really experts on. And then I will also include a last paragraph of if I'm the host of something or or the client is and hyperlink it. I've recently been featured on these shows, hyperlink them. And then I attach the one sheet and we'll get to that. But really, you want to make sure that there's no homework. So when I pitch a client, their name is hyperlinked. It goes right to their website. Their social media is included. I don't want someone to receive a pitch and go, who is this? Now I have to go Google their name because there's nowhere for me to click. None of us have time for this. Just as you have a job, I have a job. The podcasts are not our full-time jobs. Most hosts have jobs outside of their podcast. So to receive a pitch takes time away from their real jobs. It takes time away from the already episodes that they're producing and taking care of and everything else that we have going on. So to give them homework on top of that, It's an automatic no for me. And that's how I see other hosts reacting as well, because we don't have time for that. Nobody has time to go and Google. And if you don't have the common sense to just include a hyperlink, maybe you don't know what a hyperlink is. You highlight the word, you click on the little link button at the bottom, and you type in the website. And that makes it clickable. But do that, because I'm not going to go Google you. You're not going to go Google me. We just need to make it simple. And that's really, really key in all of this to be relatable, to make it simple, take away the homework and to showcase what you're an expert on and get specific in your topics. I had a pitch that I received the other day that was like, this is a mom who is focusing on nutrition for moms. Okay. And what else? What makes her so special? Because there's a lot of women out there who are focused on nutrition for women, for moms. So what is it? And Because there was no specificity to that topic, it was a no for me because I'm like, I don't want to have to go pull it out of her either. It should be obvious, you know, what is it that is your superpower? Tell me up front what it is, why you're unique, and that's what you're going to bring to the table. So that's what's going to get the yes. So I think I totally forgot to even have you say like who you are and all of that good stuff (laughs) at the beginning. We jumped right in. And it's so funny because I get so excited about topics. And since you've already been here, I feel like, well, we are old friends, you know, at this point, but it's, I forgot to even have you say that. So I do want to point out the name of your show and also what your business is. So people understand where you're coming from. Like I totally yeah, missed the boat. I've on totally that. done that too. <laughs> I've totally done it too. So I'm Michelle Glogovac. <laughs> I'm the host of the My Simplified Life podcast. And I'm also the CEO and founder of the MSL Collective, which is a full service public relations agency with a focus on the podcast industry. So I pitch clients to traditional media 
and to podcast interviews. And that is unique because a lot of publicists don't know how to pitch to podcasts, Yeah, especially the ones that have been around for a long time. And I'm not knocking anyone that it's a simple fact because they've actually come to me and said, we don't know how. I'm speaking to two regional PR groups, uh, one next week and one in September, specifically on podcast pitching. So, Oh, I love that. So I do want to expand our conversation a little bit too, to non-podcast pitches, because I mm-hmm. think that, yes, okay, we've talked about you know the podcast pitching and knowing about the podcast. And by the way, I absolutely love how you said, listen to back episodes. It drives me crazy when I get a pitch and they've listened to the most recent episode and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. don't call that one out. Like, at least show me that you're a longtime listener or that you've gone back and really scrolled through content. And the other thing that I think is important as far as podcast goes, as well as anything else that you're pitching, is that you don't want to come in and pitch your business or organization to someone who does the same thing as you. Mm -hmm. Like I get a lot of, you know, like personal branding coaches who want to come on my show. And sometimes the things they're saying are identical to what I say, or they're coaching the same or similar ways that I'm coaching. And it's like, right. Does that make sense? Because your goal is not to come in and take business away from the host, you know, like if you can offer something unique and a unique perspective, then fabulous. And I would welcome those people on my show, but it's very important to differentiate yourself and make sure that the host understands that here's what you do and here's how you're different than what she's doing or he's doing so that they don't feel like you're stepping on their toes or coming in to kind of steal from. (laughs) And I think that goes back to the homework part too, you know, looking at what type of guests you actually have on your show. Are they all branding coaches? No, obviously not. So you wouldn't really pitch yourself to that. I'm being interviewed tomorrow on a PR podcast and it's a PR podcast for PR people. So it makes sense that every guest is a publicist. We're all in PR, you know, versus someone who's hosting a PR podcast and is just wanting to drum up business for themselves. Yeah. It's totally different. So I think it's important that you research, look at who the guests are that are on the show, you know, yeah. give it some actual time and effort. Yeah. And you know, one thing too, and I think this goes for every pitch that you put out there is, and I'm going to use this as an example because it's so popular right now, but mindset. And I get a pitch for mindset almost every day. Well, what does mindset mean to you? And how do you help people with their mindset? Because there are so many different ways, so many different levels of work that you can do for mindset. So just be very detailed and specific as far as what you do for your people. Like what will my listeners or the podcast hosts or the Forbes journalist, what will their audience get from you? Exactly. Be very specific. Yes. And that goes back to making it simple for the person you're pitching to. So they don't have to do a bunch of homework and spin in circles trying to figure out exactly what you do. Absolutely. And there's whether you're pitching to a journalist or you're pitching to a host, you know, that homework component goes in for both of them. The pitches look completely different. They're night and day different, but they're both going to have links to whatever backup it is to showcase that you are the expert or this is why this topic is so relevant because you don't want to give them more homework. Journalists Mm -hmm. get like 300 emails a day, and that's not an exaggeration of just pitches. 
it's absolutely insane. So if you have nothing to offer them, unless it's a really bad pitch that they're going to go use on Twitter and showcase you as a really bad pitch, you don't want to be that person. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. Yeah, make it easy. So can we do this? Can we say, okay, here are the, and you're going to have to tell me what the number is. I'm just going to put something out there fictitiously, but here are the five things to include in a podcast pitch. Here are the five things to include in a pitch to be published in a journal or online. Oh, I love that. Magazine or whatever. Yeah. I need to create a freebie on that one. Let's take a quick break and then we'll jump right back into the episode. Are you tired of hustling like crazy, doing everything you see everyone else doing, feeling frustrated and overwhelmed, exhausted, and spending money with no results? If you are an entrepreneur or want to start the second phase of your career journey, but are feeling frustrated because you don't know where to begin or what to do to get results, my six-month Build a Brand and Business Coaching Program may be the answer you're looking for. I was right where you are 10 years ago, and I am on a mission to make your life easier and your business more fulfilling and successful. There is no promise of six-figure businesses here, but a promise to help you create a solid foundation for your personal brand and business so that you can grow and monetize it to the level you are dreaming of. I will meet you right where you are and teach, mentor, and coach you around the steps you need to take help you navigate mindset, achieve clarity, and most importantly, save you time, energy, and money while helping you see results sooner than later. If any of the above describes how you've been feeling about your business, let's connect for a free brand strategy assessment call. You'll be amazed by what we can uncover and how easy action can feel when you have someone guiding you. You can learn more about my six-month coaching program and book a free brand strategy assessment call at therobingraham.com. So on a podcast pitch, you're going to want to relate to the host, look at past episodes, tell them why you like it, why it's relatable, you know, what connected you to this show, this host, and I would also suggest not just looking at their show and their episodes, but go to their website, go to their Instagram, really connect with them that way. Some of my best pitches haven't even been yeses because of relating to the show, but of because me taking the time to say, hey, I went on your website and I saw that you're a Irish twin mom and you love wine and I am too. And our husbands both love whiskey. And isn't it amazing? We're like soul sisters. It got a yes for three people. And so really connect and look at other things, you know, look at their Instagram and maybe there was something that spoke to you the other day, call it out because they're going to appreciate that you are paying attention. So definitely relate that way. Make sure that they are taking the guests. That was back in guest etiquette, I think, (laughs) that it's not a solo type of thing. Include some topics. Don't include all of the topics that are in your one sheet. Select maybe three or four of them that really relate to the show that are applicable. And then you're including links to your website. You should include links to if you host your own show. Include a few links to your most recent interviews and say, you know, appreciate 
thank them. And attached is even more information for you in my one sheet. So don't give your full-blown bio, you know, a few sentences of, you know, uh, Michelle Glogovac's The Podcast Matchmaker. She's a publicist, a host of My Simplified Life, and she's, you know, expanding visibility and, and messages to the masses for experts, authors, and entrepreneurs. Not that I have my bachelor's and my master's and, you know, all of that other stuff that goes in your big bio, that'll be attached. So just a two or three sentence, you know, background on who you are, your topics, I put them in bullets and italics. So that way they stand out just a little bit and thank them. And then in your follow-ups, I make it very brief. You know, I'm checking in and your follow-up is going to be about two or three weeks out. And I'll explain why in the next when we talk about the traditional pitches. And then I also, on my last follow-up, I say, this is the last time I'm checking in. And I do this so they know that there is an end to my emails. And it also grabs their attention oftentimes of, oh, I meant to send you something back. Because remember, these people have jobs. They all are doing something. They're not just sitting here at their inbox going, when's my next pitch coming in? Because they're already getting them. So be polite in all of it too. Recently, I had two follow-ups that only said the word Bing, B-I-N-G. That's not a follow-up. That's not even an email. That was one word. And somebody hired this company to pitch them and that's what they were sending out. So don't be those people. Wow. Yeah. That's it's really sad. Yeah. It's sad. But let's go to a traditional PR pitch. It's going to be very short, 200 words. You are not going to go into detail about yourself or your client. It's very brief. It has to be relate to the journalist. You know, I like to stalk them a little bit, engage. So that way they know who I am. I'll tweet with them. Journalists are big on Twitter. So the media is over on Twitter. A lot of us online entrepreneurs are over on Instagram. I'm on both. And let them know that, you know, I read this, your recent article on this or whatever it is, relate to them too, because they're human beings just like the rest of us. And in this one, you're going to make your pitch very, very short. It's got to be what is relatable today. You know, I'm trying to think Father's Day is coming up, but your pitch for Father's Day would have come out months ago because you're not going to pitch today for Father's Day that's in a week. That's too late. Mm -hmm. But what makes you unique or why is it that whatever's trending or Father's Day is applicable? And you're going to look for research on it. I include stats and data for all of my clients, you know, whether for this month we had foster care awareness was last month. And why is foster care a topic that my client should even be speaking on? So I went and I did all the research on this is how many children we have in foster care. This is how many parents we have as foster parents and the numbers are uneven and this is why we need more. And I hyperlinked all of that data so that the journalist has it at their fingertips. Yes, this is an issue. Oh, and this person can speak on it. Perfect. We put the two together, but the pitch is very short and the follow-up is within two or three days, not weeks because it's timely. So there's a difference in traditional media timeliness. You know, we want to get on the news. We want to get in the next month's article. We want to get whatever big holidays coming up. Whereas podcasts, you know, we're all planning, but it's much more of a relaxed kind of atmosphere than a journalist's desk is. Oh my gosh. I love that. These were brilliant, brilliant differentiations too. I, I love that you did this. So let me ask you one quick question. So Harrow, help a reporter out. Yes. 
it's a great resource to find out what people are searching for, what journalist or even podcast host, what kind of information they're seeking. And you can go through that and scroll and see, is there a topic that you are an expert at? Can you answer this question? Mm -hmm. So can you can you just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you use that or not. I do. But when a journalist or podcast host posts a topic that they want a response on, how does this process work? So you sign up for a free account on Haro and you can tell them which kind of topics you want, whether it's biotech, finance, lifestyle, politics. They have all of these different subjects. You can get a full everything, all subjects. I get a full one three times a day. And then I also get a lifestyle one three times a day, but that's just, it's a smaller collection of what they're looking for. That's more applicable to my clients. And you'll see the headlines. You can click on the headline of what they're looking for. And then I'll give you a description. Sometimes, not always, it'll tell you the outlet, the journalist, it gives you a deadline and what they're looking for. And if there are any requirements and from there, you can just click on it and pitch. Oftentimes, the quickest pitch for Haro will seal the deal. So don't wait until, oh, it's due at midnight tonight. Well, at 11 o'clock, I'll send it. Oftentimes, they're already done. They found what they needed, and they've moved on. Haro is what is called reactive PR. It's not proactive. You are reacting to what they're looking for versus being proactive and saying, this is the kind of news that you need to report on. Here it is. So that's the differences. Haro can be great um, because you can land some big ones. You know, Forbes is on there. A lot of the crisis strategy stuff for Forbes is on Haro every day. There's another one called Quoted, Q-W-O-T-E-D. That also is a similar, but you can only send three of your pitches per month for free. Otherwise, you have to pay for it. So, and oftentimes they'll mimic each other so you can tell where everybody is. But, you know, there's a lot of big ones that are out there. There was one yesterday, Katie Couric was looking for, um, I think it was some outdoor furniture type stuff. So you can definitely use it and land some great placements for yourself for free. And again, it's this is going to be the kind of pitch where you can't use attachments. So you won't be sending your one sheet. So, but you want to hyperlink in these instances. And Haro is great. I love Haro. I know there's some publicists who are like, eh, it's gotten less great over the years, but it's still a great tool to have in your back pocket, especially if you're just starting out. And are those pitches the same as what you would use for a journalist, like 200 yes. to 300 words? Yeah, you're going to keep it brief uh, because oftentimes they'll vet whatever responses they get and then come back with their actual questions. So, you know, I'll say, oh, I work with this client. I have a certified fitness trainer and I'll give what her certifications are and link to her. And this is what she specializes in. She is more than willing and happy to do an interview that meets your deadline. And that's when they'll come back with, that's great hear all the questions, or we want to talk via phone and then set it up that way. And it goes live. Oh, that's great. Great to know. I like it too. I'm always sending them to other people that I know. I I'm do like, that hey, too. look at number 15. Yeah. You might find this one, you know, I do the same. And then I scold myself. I'm like, no, you have other things you have to do. <laughs> I know, yeah. but yet I'm like, Oh, I'll help them out. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you mentioned a one sheet. Mm -hmm. 
And I love when people send me a one sheet because I get a pretty good glimpse of who they are just on one piece of paper. Mm -hmm. But tell us a little bit about what a one sheet is, what's the purpose behind it, and what goes into a one sheet. So one sheet is also called a pitch kit or a media kit, and it's really everything there is about you. I include a headshot of my clients. It's branded to them. So it has their colors, their fonts. If you go to their website, you can tell that the one sheet is connected to who they are. I also hyperlink everything. So the website's there, but you can also click it because it's a PDF. All of their social media accounts are there. Their full bio is there, a logo, their name, all of the topics that they're an expert on. And then I include the cover art of the podcast that they've been interviewed on, all hyperlinked to the interviews. If they've been featured in an outlet, that logo goes on there, again, hyperlinked. So it's really everything that there is about you on one piece of paper in one spot, and yet it has all of these links embedded in it. So you can go anywhere that is featuring you just from that one page. Oh my gosh. That's, I love that you do all that. I mean, that's amazing. I love it too. (laughs) It's great. And you know, it really represents who you are, who the client Mm -hmm. is in the best way possible. You know, it's got their headshot and I play around with the different formats and, you know, layouts and stuff. So, and you keep it updated. We update you know, whenever there's something new, like I have a newer client who had never been featured anywhere. And so we got the first podcast underway, updated the one sheet. She just got featured in Hello Giggles, updated the one sheet. So it's just constantly evolving and you want to keep it up to date. You know, you don't want to have the old stuff, just keep it fresh. Yeah. If you got the old stuff and it's good old stuff and it's big, you know, don't throw away Forbes if you were featured two years ago, you know, that's still going to be relevant but make sure you make room. Do you create those in a certain template? Like, do you use Canva? I use Canva, but it's my own template. Okay. Yeah. So you created your own and then you plug everything in. Yes. That's awesome. And that's a great tool too. Yeah. I love Canva. It makes it easy. And then that way you can update it, you know, whenever you need to and just keep downloading the new file and sending it off. And they make it easy to also make those hyperlinked graphics, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, this has been so fabulous. I've learned so much and I know everybody else has too, I'm sure. Really a lot of refreshers, little tips <laughs> of, you know, things that I knew in the back of my mind, but these are just great. Like I like the, to be able to have, okay, here's the five things you include. Mm-hmm. And here's when you do the follow-up, like those were fabulous. So do you have any other quick tips you'd like to share? Engage. I would say engage with hosts that maybe you're not ready to pitch yet, but let them know that you appreciate the show. Same thing with journalists. I'm big on Twitter, so you'll see me retweeting, you know, an article that I really loved. I may have nothing to do with it. You know, it's not my client, but the journalists appreciate it too. So really just engage and and let people know that you're out there because then once they know your name, when you hit their inbox, you're not going to be a stranger. They're going to recognize you. So that would be my, my big tip of, you know, to be proactive before you even start pitching is just to engage. So, okay. I have one more question though, since you said that, because you have mentioned Twitter a few times and Mm -hmm. I find Twitter very overwhelming. I've never mastered how to use Twitter. And I know there's like Twitter chats and Twitter this and Twitter that, but 
Can you do the same type of engaging through Instagram and share their posts to your stories and things like that? Or do you suggest we all become active on Twitter? You can definitely share. You can retweet. You can retweet with a quote so you can comment on it. You can create lists. So I have a media list that has journalists that I want to follow to really actively engage. And I can just go to what their feeds are versus just the generic feed of everyone that I know. Mm. Twitter chats are really great. Those can be overwhelming. I'll have two different tabs open when there's a Twitter chat for like an hour where someone's posting a question and you're engaging with people and answering the question and, oh, that was a great answer. And you're going back and forth and I'm checking my notifications. You know, did somebody say something over here? And that can be overwhelming. But just to hop on and, you know, acknowledge people, follow people. I feel like on Twitter, you can follow as many as you want. And people are very generous in following back. Whereas on Instagram, it's like, "Mm, I'll follow you. Maybe I won't. Or I'll follow and unfollow. I don't feel that happens on Twitter. Mm. It's really not about, you know, who knows who. The community is really welcoming. I've met so many wonderful publicists, specifically journalists, and just engaging with each other. I get referrals all the time from them. It's much more inclusive, I feel. And people are more apt to, you know, answering their DMs. It's very different from Instagram. Interesting. Maybe it's because it's not so much what you see, it's what you're reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And then what about Clubhouse? That's my next question, because on Twitter, you can engage, you know, you're basically commenting and a lot of times people will respond right away. Like they're just right there. So it's like having a conversation, but with Clubhouse, it's that audio Mm -hmm. instead of written. So we really have three different types of platforms. Twitter now has Twitter spaces where you can have audio. Yeah. It's just like Clubhouse. Yes. Interesting. I had no idea. You can now have your Twitter spaces has has rolled out and there's, I know for PR, there's one every Friday morning at 9am where publicists get together and chat it out. And yeah, it's now audio too. So I see that Clubhouse, since they rolled out to Android, it's becoming less I don't know what that will mean for the future of Clubhouse because we are seeing more of Facebook rolling, you know, audio stuff out. Twitter, of course, now has it. So you're seeing more of it in these other spaces. So Clubhouse isn't so exclusive, I think, mm-hmm. in yeah, that sense. Yeah. yeah. I got on Clubhouse, but I just, I couldn't, it was too much brain power and time and bandwidth of, I can't speak here and do this and tweet and Instagram and <laughs> it gets to be a lot. So pick out, you know, where your target is. And if you want to be more in media, then definitely look at Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much. So will you please tell the listeners where they can find you, learn more about you and your business, connect with you, maybe hire you? Yes. So you can go to the mslcollective.com and that has everything that there is about me and my business. Um, My podcast is My Simplified Life. I'm over on Instagram at Michelle Glogovac. On Twitter, it's at Mick Glogovac. And for this summer, I do have a VIP exclusive that if you would like to work with me one-on-one, we will do a 60-minute strategy Zoom call. I will create your branded media kit I will create all of your topics, your bio, and then you can go pitch yourself. And that's on special for $500. I do have VIP days where I actually 
create your pitch. I give you all of the information on how to pitch yourself. Um, and that's a little bit pricier, but for summer exclusive, if you want to get that head start to start pitching yourself, we can work together to create those specific topics. I do find that oftentimes it's better to work with somebody in, you know, really niching down as to what specifically you can talk about versus those broad topics. So this would be your opportunity. It's only for this summer for now. And that's just a summer VIP exclusive. You can reach out to me on any of my platforms, send me an email and we'll get you set up. That's awesome. That's a fabulous offer. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And it was such a good conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was so great to be back on. I'm sure it won't be the last time. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.